Hello and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I'm here reviewing another album that has had a really big influence on me and what I just recently found out, a much bigger impact on the the uh, you know the digital side of the music industry. This album was apparently the first one to be cord- recorded 100% digitally. So instead of recording to an analog tape, uh, you know, like a reel-to-reel and then bouncing it to other tracks or whatever, this was recorded directly to a, an actual hard drive system, and it was the first one to do it. It was also the first album then, of course, to release a single that was recorded completely digitally. Um, interesting fun fact about that single, but we'll get to it when we get to that song, which is actually one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, this album came out in 1987. I think that must have been around the time when I first found out about it. I don't remember exactly how I found out about it. But uh, right away, it was an album where I was like, wow, this stuff is really good. Really enjoyed it. It just, you know, it checked all the boxes for me. It was something that was different from the rest of the stuff I was listening to. Had a really clean sound. Like it was very, very professionally recorded. Uh, Really nice album artwork. I mean, everything just, you know, kind of fell into this is something that you should check out and get into. And I certainly was very happy to do that. So I know I started listening to it when we were still in Michigan. So we left in 88. So it had to be sometime around 87 that I started hearing it. So probably, you know, within a reasonable time of its release. And, you know, maybe I heard about it from my brother or we heard about it from somebody at school or something like that. Very likely. But in any case, it came into my life and I have been enjoying it ever since. So let's see. 87, 97,000, 7,017. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of long, long numbers of years. and. uh it's one that I could still put on and enjoy just as much as uh, as I did back then. In fact, when I used to drive back from uh, you know Phoenix to Vegas quite a bit, or even L.A., uh, I would bring this this uh, CD with me and uh, or have it on my iPod and often play it because it's a great album to listen to on the road. So uh, this, uh, without further ado, let's just get into it because I think the the music for the most part is really going to speak for itself. This is really kind of the theme of the album, and it is called Fighting the World by Manowar. First off, I mean, what a powerful drum sound. Those kick drums sound like they have metal beating against the drum head instead of like a felt or, or wood piece. Uh, just a very powerful kick drum. The snare is nice and tight, kind of beefy, you know, right where you would want it for this kind of music. Guitars come in nice and chunky, got a good fuzzy distortion to them. Not not fuzzy, like, you know, they're they're too light or thin, but they've just got a good fuzz in the distortion. But the guitars sound very heavy and rich. Uh, bass is really cutting through in that frequency, really just a very powerful, powerful sound. So right off the bat, I mean, this album is very well defined by just the opening minute. 
you know, and then obviously is a topic that they're talking about fighting the world. It's the title of the album. It's the title of the first song. And they're just coming out saying, look, we're not putting up with shit anymore. It's time to have things the way we want them. And we are going to put our foot down and make it happen. And I dig that. Like, how can you not get pumped up right off the bat listening to this album? Um, there's some really good parts in this song too. I really like the instrumental section. Um, there's a, a couple of just really good double bass drum fills in here. Like, like at the beginning, that's just really quick when they talk about metal. Um, I, I really like that because he doesn't overuse it. It's not something he does like every time that verse repeats, it's just in that spot. And, uh, and I think that's really cool. The solo on here is great, really powerful. Um, it's just a great, great song. It's a great theme for the band and for anybody who's just sick of dealing with things the way they are and putting up with it and wants a change, you know, and they're, they're ready to stand up and take some action. Hopefully intelligent action would be nice because we've seen what happens when it's not intelligent action. We have far more examples of that than anything else, but uh, I I really love it. It's a song that's just going to get you pumped up and make you want to hear the second song, no matter what. Speaking of the second song though, it's called blow your speakers. And here it is. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That is how metal should be played, right? If you're going to listen to it, listen to it on full. That's the way we go. But, you know, this is another great song. It continues along with the anthem of not accepting things the way they are, of saying that we're going to live in the world we want to live in, and and we're just going to make it work. And I really, really like that. Again, the kick drum sound on this album is just amazing. That snare is huge. The balance of instruments is really good. It seems like the drums are too loud compared to everything else, but yet it works in a way that even as a drummer, I'm surprised it works that well. Uh, The bass cuts through a little bit better on this song than the first track, so you can hear it a little bit better. And I just love the sound of it. I love the tonality of the bass guitar on on this album. Um, It's it's really uh, a bit unique from what I've heard, even on other albums in this similar genre. But uh, yeah, great song. Love that picking during the chorus. Um, And the singer, man, he's got such a powerful voice, such a range. Uh, You know, we didn't hear it in this clip, but man, that guy can belt a note, let me tell you. But it's it's great. You know, it's just solidifies the opening theme, keeps on with it and, and and just keeps you on that adrenaline flowing. Okay, what's next? Let's take it all on kind of feeling, which I I really like. But we're going to slow things down a bit now because now it's time for a song called Carry On. Yeah. 
See, it's still kind of the same theme, you know, this, uh, you can't hold us back. We're going to do what we want. We're going to give it everything we have. Um, this one really is saying to me, you know, my interpretation of it is, you know, I'm going to keep fighting while I'm here to fight, but at some point it's the next wave's turn. So when I'm gone, you guys carry this torch. You guys keep fighting for what you want until we have the life that we want to live. And uh, oh, I hate thinking about mortality, <laughs> you know, especially the older I get. It just gets harder and harder to even think about. I was thinking about that, like with my copyrights and, and you know, the music and the books and, and all that. I'm like, well, what's going to happen with the podcast after I'm gone and all that stuff? So, you know, very appropriate song for me to have to hear right in this moment because I was thinking about it earlier today. But, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. And so uh, here you have uh, a band who's very passionate about this. Obviously, they don't want to just say, hey, we're changing it for us. And then you guys are going to come and let it all go. They want to know that the work that they've done is going to is going to go on and on for future generations to benefit from. So this is kind of a message to, you know, the next wave to say, hey, guys, you take what we've built and you run with it. And uh, that's pretty cool. But it's a good song. Obviously, it starts out, you know, nice and slow. It kind of reminds me of like something that Metallica would have done back when when Cliff Burton was in the band. It has that nice, just gentle opening. You think it's going to go one way and then boom, they hit you with the the heaviness and the speed of the song and that drive that they they tend to have and thinking about songs like Fight Fire with Fire and Battery and, and that um, even one, but one was like started in much later than than that than the beginning. But uh, yeah, it's a great song. It's another one to just get you pumped up to. If you really want to get your house cleaned, uh, this is a great album to put on because you'll just start getting shit done. You know, it just makes you want to do that, which is pretty cool. Um, For some reason, I've been listening to, um, oh, I can't think of the name of the album by Eminem. Um, Recovery. Uh, That's the one, like the last few songs on that are the ones that I usually put on when I have to clean because it just like, gets me in that mode to get something done. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think I'm going to have to try this album the next time I clean and see how well that does for me. Cause I think that's just going to get me motivated to get it done and over with. Um, so yeah, uh, three songs in three great songs, all, you know, very similar messages and similar uplifting, you know, empowering. That's the word I'm looking for empowering music. So, uh, let's move on now to uh, a children's song called violence and bloodshed.
just listen to that combination of bass and guitar right there. That just sounds fantastic. I, I love the merging of those two sounds into one right there. And they're, th this band plays very tight, by the way. If you're going to play with that kind of picking, you really have to. And, uh, you know, it, it, of course, it's easy for me to sit here and say, I know how a studio works. I know uh, even in 1981, uh, you know, you really couldn't manipulate things digitally the way that we can now, where you can smooth all that out in seconds. But, uh, you know, you, you, you're in a studio, you can sit there and play it over and over again until you get it exactly right. Um, but I kind of feel like this is just the way they are. I've never heard them live. I don't think I have anyway. Um, but I would imagine that they're a pretty tight live band too, because this came, you know, this is, uh, you know, late eighties where you still had to know how to play your instrument. You couldn't get away with a lot of digital manipulation. So the talent that you're hearing is the talent of the band. And that's pretty cool to know actually. But, uh, yeah, this is just another, uh, really good song. There's a couple of good, uh, parts in it some really good vocals uh, to enjoy. So check this one out for sure. If you want something that drives a little bit more, uh, this is a good one. It's kind of a long intro, you know, with all the sirens and stuff and the battlefield sounds, but you, you really get into the atmosphere of it. You really feel like something's going on and, and you're in it and you're, you know, maybe trapped or whatever. So it's a, it's a fun song to listen to and one that uh, I've enjoyed many times. And now uh, we're up to what I, I didn't even know this was released as a single, but apparently it was. This would be the first ever fully digital recorded released single in history. This song is called Defender. Now, I did say that we would talk about this song when we got to it. And you know what? We're going to do that. Now, this song, uh, it does feature a special guest. And I always thought that this was a quote from a movie or something that they had just extracted because that wasn't uncommon for people to use samples from movies and things. Um, you know, that's before all the lawsuits started. Uh, but apparently this speech was actually written for Orson Welles to record on the song, which I did not know. And I find that very cool. Um, I thought they wrote the song maybe around a movie that they were inspired by. So this is even better. And uh, apparently they did another song with him, but I wasn't able to find out anything about it. I've not heard it. Um, but he, this is also the only band he ever recorded with. I mean, all the voiceovers and everything that he did. Orson Welles, man, that's that's one of the top narrators that you could have in the history of narrators. So kudos to Man of War for getting him. Um, but it says this album was released two years after Orson Welles died. Uh, this is from Wikipedia, by the way. So take it with a grain of salt, as I always do. But I'm just going to assume for the, for the recording that it's true. I didn't find anything that contradicted this. I found actually other things that supported it. Could have been written by the same people for all I know. But it says the recording of Wells' speech was reused from the original 1982 demo of the song. So they still had that as a separate track or were able to flesh out the, the audio of just him. Uh, most likely they would have recorded him separately and backed that up. I certainly would have. Uh, so 82, five years later, the song comes out. He had been gone for three years, but they used the vocal from the original demo. Very, very cool. And I absolutely love this song. I have to say it's one of my favorites, if not my actual favorite on this album. And so here is some Defender. words 
These words are all that's left. Though we've never met, my only son. Yeah, this is just a, a really powerful read by Orson. I mean, like I said, you cannot go wrong uh, having Orson on your project for sure. Uh, but this is is very much like Carry On. It's another sort of, you know, I'm the one that took this charge. I had to be away from you. I spent my life doing this and now I'm gone. This is sort of my last will and testament and I'm passing the torch to you. It's now your responsibility to spend your life fighting for the thing that I spent my life fighting for, really, whether you like it or not, like you're doing this. <laughs> Hopefully it's it's something you want to do and you're not just stuck. But if you think about, you know, like the medieval times, I would imagine there was so much of that, like people that were knights or went into to battle and they were maybe higher up in the the lineage of, of uh, the, their military or whatever they called their military. And you know, now they're they're getting older and it's time for their son to take over, much like our draft. Like, that's just what you did. And so um, I also feel, though, there's a, there's a bit of a Commodus from Gladiator in there, though, because basically, the you know, the Orson Welles character is is reading this will to his son. And so, you know, when the singer comes in, he starts with father, father, I looked up to you. And um, but he's accepting it, you know, like pretty, pretty much right away. But I feel like there must have been times in his life where he felt because his father was gone all the time at battle that, you know, he didn't have that affection or didn't feel like he earned his father's love or trust or respect. And now he's doing this to get it, even though his father's gone. I feel like there's a whole backstory in, in here that maybe I'm just making that up and and uh, for my own purposes. But it's such a common story, right? I mean, we see this in a lot of uh, you know, different movies about this kind of topic. But uh, what I love about this is there's, you know, the the part at the end um, where uh, Orson Welles comes back in and, and he's reading parts of the will and they're just put that on repeat. And then the son is actually singing with him. It's really beautiful. It's so well done. Very powerful, very powerful. Probably the most emotional part on the album is, as far as I can tell. Um, but it's one that just kind of, you know, it gets me every time. I'm like, I really feel such a, an immense emotion from the singer in this, even though he's not, you know, he's not singing with a lot of vibrato or anything, but I just feel that that's there. Like, like his father's ghost has his hand on the, on his son's shoulder saying, you know, it's okay. I believe in you go get him tiger sort of thing, whether he's really there or not. And uh, yeah, I, maybe the song means more to me than, than it actually means, you know, that's very possible. I'll leave that to you to decide, but if you're going to listen to any song on this album, let it be Defender. It is a, a fantastic song. Uh, but it's over. And so now we're into Drums of Doom. Yeah, this song on its own um, for me really doesn't mean much. And I'm a drummer, you know, come on. Uh, but no, it really is. It's it's really more of a precursor 
to uh, the next song, which is Holy War. This song on its own, um, you know, it's a battle cry with a little bit of percussion coming in. Um, really not much more than that. I, I think, honestly, it's really just an opener and they decided to call it a second track. So that being said, here's Holy War. Listen just how powerful that all sounds. Even fading out, you really get a lot of power for that. Of course, the introduction of that was uh, left over from Drums of Doom. It just faded in, like I said. Uh, so the first part of it was that. And then uh, obviously, once the guitars came in, we're really getting into Holy War at that point. Very powerful song all the way through. Uh, it does not let up. It is one of the most relentless songs that you could, would want to hear. And another great one to get you all pumped up and just ready to take charge and take everything on. Whether you can or not, it'll make you want to do it. Um, but it's a great song. And I noticed too, uh, in fact, I, I never really specifically noticed this before, which is very odd of me of all people to not notice. But in the chorus where the uh, the double bass drums are going, and then they stop to hit some individual crash cymbals. But the last crash cymbal, when they hit the bass drum for that crash cymbal, that actually starts up the double bass again instead of waiting until the snare uh, so, or, or waiting that extra beat for where the normal kick would come in. So that sounded pretty interesting to me. I never realized that before. I can't remember if I've ever played this song, but if I did, I've clearly played it wrong. Damn, that would suck. Uh, but it's, it's a great song. Another very empowering one, um, leads us right into a song called Master of Revenge, which I'm going to say again, is kind of a connective bridge between that and our final song, Black Wind, Fire and Steel. And so here is the connective tissue called Master of Revenge.
So that's basically the gist of the song, to be honest. I mean, it's only a minute and 34, so we heard uh, about half of it right there. And um, it really, like I said, it's just a, a connective bridge to get into the uh, final song on the album, Black Wind, Fire and Seal. So let's just go ahead and do that very thing. Here it is. I love that in even those short bursts of double bass drum, he's still getting a really powerful sound out of them. You know, the faster you play, the the uh, less hard you can hit, but he's finding a way to, uh, just in those triplets there, really get a punch out of every single beat, all three of them. And I, I love that. There's a, you know, a great build as this one goes on. The last verse is especially enjoyable to listen to. Great ending on this one, like a huge concert ending you know like they've been playing for two hours and they really want to send the audience off with something special um great song powerful vocal uh great solo section it's interesting i noticed it more in the solo section on this song i think than the other songs but the hi-hat is incredibly far to the left which normally um you would hear it on the right as an audience member and then the ride symbol is it's not even on my right side it's like it's behind me and to the right it's it's weird because we didn't have 3D sound panning at the time, you know, in 1987. So uh, they pulled off something really nice there. But yeah, the whole the whole album is just uh, a really fantastic a get on your feet or just get motivated kind of thing. Uh, fight the power, baby, you know, however you want to look at it. But it is a, a very strong and powerful album. The musicianship on it is absolutely fantastic. From the first note to the last, the band is just solid tight all the way through. The sound of the album, the recording and the mixing is fantastic. Um, yeah, just if you're if you're into something heavy, you want something to really get you pumped up. Uh, this would be a great album to give a shot to, because I think that this would probably satisfy either one of those needs and probably a whole lot more. So thanks for joining me on this journey through Manowar's album, Fighting the World. We got to hear a little bit of Orson Welles, which is always a joy and some great driving music while we were at it. Uh, thank you guys for for spending some time with me. I hope you enjoyed the album as much as I do. Listen to it. Check it out. It's well worth it if this is your style of music or you just want to give it a shot. And uh, that's going to do it for this show. We will see you next week with another show or sooner if I have an interview. Right now, I have no idea. <laughs> Take care, guys. Cheers. Cheers.